Well, a very good Friday afternoon, everybody. This is Friday Live, October 30th, 2020. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. Welcome. And we are happy to be here. And I was just reminiscing about this day 10 years ago. I heard that yesterday. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can't mm-hmm. believe it's been 10 years, though. 10 years. It Thank seems you. like just yesterday. Right. That we and had... it's fresh in people's minds, too, because sometimes I'll get reacquainted with someone or... You know, I travel around to a lot of different churches, and you know, we start talking. We've met before, da da da. da. And they say, "I know it was in Newark at the Father Karapi con- uh, conference," and it's just fresh. Like we'll talk about it like it was just a few years ago. I know Prudential Center, Newark, New Jersey. Ten Remember years leaving, ago. getting lost in Newark. Well, we've been. <laughs> I was. I was. I went to my computer because I have all the photos from that day. Uh, we had a wonderful photographer that day who uh, did a great job and uh, just looking at all the, and the people. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. that arena, you had a love, you, you, you gathered a choir that day yeah. out of nowhere with a bunch of nuns, I remember. <laughs> Mostly nuns. Mostly nuns. And one sister in Christ, Susan. My yeah, sister, that's Susan. Right, that's right. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, okay, so we do have a, a very fine program for you today. Coming up a little later this hour, Susie Andress has written, it's kind of a series of books on being Catholic, uh, kind of a, a narrative on on what it what it means uh, the things that uh, involve our faith. So Susie will be joining us. Uh, Jim's here with the weather. We're going to play name that Catholic tune, and then next hour our friend Father Jim Grogan will be here to give a reflection on this Sunday's uh, gospel, which of course is All Saints Day, the Beatitudes. And um, my my grandfather, my father's my mother's father, who died when she was about ten years old. I I, I didn't mm. know him. But um, my mother said that that the Beatitudes were his favorite Bible scripture. Really? Scripture, yeah. And oh. he died on November first. Oh, isn't that something? so? That was that'll be his uh, feast day that's coming right. up. Saint. Yeah. Uh, and then also oh, next oh next hour yes Father Vincent Lampert, who is an exorcist in the uh, diocese okay. of Indianapolis, Indiana, and he's written a book seasonal theme right <laughs> called Exorcism: The Battle Against Satan and His Demons. Okay. So he's an actual exorcist. But it was very appropriate for the day before Halloween. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Father, very serious though. I, I can't wait to. Talk. I love talking to the, these. You know, these. Um, it's these, intriguing. Yeah. You know, it's mystical. Yeah. So, Father uh, Vincent Lampert will be joining us next hour. So, stay tuned for that spooky stuff. Um, okay. Well, we're going to pray, and uh, we're praying our prayer for the United States. And uh, again, I, I have I did receive a few requests this week for the prayer, but unfortunately, oh. or fortunately, the way you want to look at it, mm. we sent out all four thousand nine hundred ninety-eight of them. We have two here. We have two right so, here. Last <laughs> five thousand. So let's um, see. Is this the last day we are praying no, this over the air? Uh, well, well, no. Monday, Bruce will be here okay. for his program, so we'll pray it then. Yeah, um, I'm saying you know, this. and I'll pray it on my program on Tuesday. Right. Well, I have. I could give you one. Well, collector's <laughs> item. <laughs> we better save it because who knows? Yeah, we it might. could go way beyond Tuesday. We've got to keep praying. You know, we might have to order more anyway. Just you know that you know that, and you know we have our um, our our uh, radiothon. No, our uh, what do you call it? Our text line opened up. For people who, you know, people you can text us. Oh. Um, we were trying to give a question to ask people. But I guess, you know, now we haven't voted yet. You and I live in Pennsylvania. Although right. there is opportunity for early voting, we decided we're going to go on election day and vote in person. Yeah. But I don't think you can do that here in New Jersey. No, it has to be. Every citizen of voting age 
or that is registered, I, I suppose, mm-hmm. was mailed the ballot to be filled out and brought to either mailed or brought to one of these centers. And there's those. And can you do that on Election Day in New Jersey? Are they going to probably can still deliver <laughs> oh, okay. it on Election Day, but you can't vote in person. No, we can. Those, we're Pennsylvanians and yeah. we're a swing state. Actually, all fingers are pointing to Pennsylvania right now for uh, being the, I why? guess because so it's big. big and has a lot of electoral votes and. How about Texas? So Texas is bigger. Than well, they believed. I think the again, first of all, what you're finding out is you can't even believe the polls because you hear so many discrepancies mm. from. So I didn't want to get into all that. I think this is a good hour to get away from that. All that two hours, just get away from yeah, all that. Good. And just pray that God's will be done and the and the right people are put into the positions according to God's holy will. And now for this special of announcement, please shut off your cell phone. That's right, Mr. Radio Professional here. I forgot to turn my phone off. Me too. I'm sitting right here, and the volume is all the way up. Now we're ready. We better start with some prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God, the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate, in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our Mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our Mother, Patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And we'll pray the prayer as Holy Father asks us to St. Michael the Archangel and also the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother. Uh, Holy Father specifically asks us to pray these prayers to protect the church from the attacks of the devil, and we're also including in that intention to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend defend us us in battle. battle. Be Be our our protection protection against against the the wickedness and snares of the the devil. devil. May May God God rebuke him, we humbly pray. pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen. Pray, pray for, for us, St. Pope John Paul II. Pray, pray for us, Our Lady of Good Remedy. Pray, pray for us, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, again, friends, we thank you for being here. Uh, joining us in just a few minutes will be uh, Susie Andrus, and uh, her book is called Being Catholic. So we'll look forward to speaking with her. Uh, Jim's here with the weather later on this hour. Also, we're going to play Name That Catholic Tune, so you can win a fabulous prize. We've given away a lot of fabulous prizes. I know. 
And uh, next hour, our friend uh, uh, from um, Fairhaven, uh, Father Jim Grogan, is going to give us a reflection on this Sunday's gospel. And then again, stay with us for this, because next hour, we're going to be joined by Father Vincent Lampert, who is the exorcist for the Diocese of Indianapolis, an actual exorcist. And you know, this is great because it's almost like a, um, a bit of a continuation and growth out of our author that we had on last week. The uh, the woman that was an assistant to the exorcist. That's right. That's and, right. Uh, so now we're getting to the, the real deal. Did you ever read that book, The Exorcist? I'm, oh, the... Read the book, not to see the movie. I did. I read the book when it came out back in the early 70s, I remember. It scared A lot me. more detail than Oh, yeah, the, uh, it was kind of scary. Very, very, very scary. I didn't Maybe. see... The, I never saw the movie. Oh, really? Nope. And I think it's also The book scared been... me enough I didn't want to see the movie. <laughs> who wants to watch? Who wants to watch that? Very descriptive. But um, I, and I, I even think Exorcist was redone. You know how it they was remade, remade recently. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I was on that was that summer of I read it the summer of '74. The reason I know this because my mind is still sharp. But um, <laughs> okay, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? Oh, my usual. Oh, that's right. It's the same thing every day. Okay, <laughs> egg whites and toast. It was the summer of '74. Uh, yes, and I was I was it was my summer of working on Amtrak. When I was going back and forth from here to, to Florida, playing the banjo in the club car. That's a little known fact about uh, me. That was my summer job. I was entertaining on Amtrak, the Silver Star, between New York and, and, and the Miami. But I remember reading it. Uh, they gave me a little, you know, I had a little, a little um, roomette, you mm-hmm. know, my own little room there on the train. And I remember, because I, only, time to I read, sang right? at night, you know, so yeah. all day long I just sat around. Right. I remember reading the book and it was scaring me, sitting on the train, just scaring me. So I didn't go see the movie. But uh, anyway, we'll hear uh, the real, from the real exorcist coming mm-hmm. up, uh, joining us, mm-hmm. um, Father Vincent Lampert. So, but anyway, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, uh, Susie Andrus is joining us. And Susie has written a book called Being Catholic. And it's uh, basically what every Catholic should know. So, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll if see. We see if we know it all. That's right. So you stay where you are, friends, because there is more to come. Don't go away. Yeah. 
church with broken wings Fill this place with songs again Of our God who reigns on high By His grace again we'll fly Welcome back, friends. Susie Andrus is a graduate of Thomas Aquinas College and the University of Notre Dame. She lives and writes in Southern California, and uh, she uh, is author of many, many books. And you can find her blog, Miss Marcel's Musings, at susieandrus.com, where you'll also find links to her books, online articles, and book lists for all ages. And she has uh, authored a book called Being Catholic, What Every Catholic Should Know, Focusing on Catholic customs, traditions, practices that are in danger of being forgotten, but which have been for centuries the joy of our Catholic faith uh, to remember. So we want to welcome to the program Susie Andress. Welcome, Susie. Thank you, Jim. Great to have you here. Now, is this part of a series uh, that, that is being published with, with this title? That's or... right. What Every Catholic Should Know is a series of books that's put out by the Augustine Institute which is a wonderful Masters of Theology program online and in person in Denver. And they're in conjunction with Ignatius Press. And the series so far has um, a beautiful book on what every Catholic should know about literature by Joseph Pierce. And then three other titles besides mine, what every Catholic should know about salvation, about God, and about mercy. So these other books are just, you can imagine, what's wonderful the books are not long, but they're just jam-packed. These other books take one topic. Um, literature is a little more panoramic, but um, God, if that would be a topic for you, I was glad I wasn't asked to write that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, but then mine is Being Catholic, What Every Catholic Should Know. And one of the editors of the series, Christopher Bloom, he realized he's himself a convert. He's married to a cradle Catholic. But he realized, you know, we're living in a time where there are so, there's always so much to know about the faith. And in our time in particular, he thought this series is a perfect opportunity to present a book where we could go through. And he asked me to write it because I have more of a conversational tone. So rather than 
chugging through like a catechism. It's a little more of a lighthearted and yet um, beautiful tour through many, many of the beautiful gifts of our faith. That's beautiful, Susie, because um, a lot of times I'll enter a conversation with somebody and, you know, we we get on one of the topics um, and it just shows you how rich our faith is. Number one, the fact that so many of these books exist and and are needed because there's so much that we could know. We've often said, the more I learn, the more I realize that there's so much more that I have to learn about the Catholic faith. And I was just talking yes. with somebody yesterday, and we were talking about a liturgical a musical item, and he goes, I've been Catholic my entire life. I've been going to church my entire life. Why didn't I know this? But I think maybe there was a time when the, the bottom dropped out and some of these traditions were kind of disappeared into a black hole or something. Yes, sadly, that is so. Um, I grew up in a Catholic home, and my parents did give me a lot of the faith, but they assumed a lot was being taught in the Catholic schools. And I would say some of it was, and I just didn't remember it later. Maybe it was to my seeming teenage advantage to forget <laughs> But But others, I think, um, you know, there was so much excitement after Vatican II that um, certainly many good things, but also a thought that, well, since we're going in a new direction, we don't need the old stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, when I went to college, I was surrounded by many, many Catholics from families where they had really treasured our faith in um, a more devotional way, maybe, than my family had. But they definitely introduced me and the college life did. Instead of to a kind of crazy life, this beautiful Thomas Aquinas College introduced me to um, the life of a Catholic, and I realized, oh my goodness, these things are fantastic. And that was 30 years ago, 35, I've been learning, like you say, ever since I'm not running out of things to learn, for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, Susie, you, just as, as an example, I, I grew up in the 1960s, so I was there before and after Vatican II, and I remember I remember the change happening. I was in Catholic elementary school, and habits were flying off nuns' heads, and all <laughs> kinds of crazy stuff was going on. Yes. you know, and uh, you know, we were playing Beatles songs at mass. It was just a total the, the pendulum swung so far off course. And uh, but you're right; these and as I, I look at the book and all the the wonderful topics that you have and the and the uh, that you cover in the book, I'm really going to study chapter 13: how to become a saint. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's going to be my favorite chapter. But was there anything in as you were as you were putting the the book together as you were writing the book that you were rediscovering and I had forgotten about, or that you discovered and said, "Wow, this is really this is so important. I have to make sure this is in the book." Oh, definitely. Um... There were a lot of things I wanted to have in the book because I was so excited about myself having discovered them, and I didn't want anyone to miss them. The the most obvious would be that Jesus Christ, true God and true man, and his body, blood, soul, and divinity is in the Blessed Sacrament. Mm -hmm. That's who we're receiving at Holy Communion. That's what's happening at Mass. We're offering his sacrifice to the Father and then having the opportunity to receive him and become one with him. Um, but but then there were other things that I knew I wanted to talk about. For instance, the different Catholic rites. The, um, we're used to the Latin or Roman rite, but there are 23 other distinct, they call them churches, within the Catholic Church. 
faithful to the Holy Father that are Eastern rites. My father is from Lebanon, so I was aware of the Maronite rite because mm-hmm. he grew up as a Maronite Catholic, which is named after St. Maron. But um, it was really fun to write a chapter like that where I knew something about it, but there was so much more to discover. And then the trick was to try to keep it to the essentials in the book. Um, so hopefully it could serve this way, the whole book, as um, for, say, a convert, it would be um, the chapter on how to go to confession, you know, something that, that maybe wasn't covered in their RCIA or they went to their first confession, but then it's, you know, how do I do it again? Um, and then other things that, um, like I say, even cradle Catholics, they might have known but not known very well. Um, we've all heard about indulgences. There's a chapter that goes through the very particulars about how to gain an indulgence and what an indulgence is and how you can help wipe away your own punishment for sin from your soul to get rid of your purgatory time or offer it for one of the souls in purgatory. And I try to give enough specifics there that people will be able to use it practically as it is, but then it's a jumping off point for them to learn more about any of these topics. And we'll, yeah, I can see the book as just a basic review now. I, too, I was born and raised Catholic, although I did not go to Catholic school. We had... Um, the, the sisters were our CCD instructors, and but there's so much that you, you know you don't you don't really remember. But then I can yes. also see it as you mentioned RCIA. They only have a short period of time to learn the absolute essentials, so they can prepare for that great Easter vigil. But what a beautiful gift for somebody that's just come into the faith that now they can delve deeper on the major tenets of our faith. Yes, I was able to be a godmother for a, a recent college graduate from Nepal who was coming into the church right around the time I was writing the book. And that was helpful for me to think, what are all the things that I would like him to know mm-hmm. that he knows that he has now been given this gift of faith, that he wants to accept it all and enter into the church fully. But as you say, like in RCIA or for private instruction, there's no way that you can learn um I mean, <laughs> much more than the skeleton of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then practical particulars, like one of my friends um, who read the book and was delighted with it and looking forward to using it as she helped her um, daughter go forward in the faith, she said, I've been a Catholic all my life, and I didn't realize I talk about how it's a kind of time-honored tradition that once you're in church, you don't turn around. Mm. But we're all used to turning around when the bride comes to the door, which is perfect because the bride represents the church coming mm-hmm. forward to meet her bridegroom, Christ. So yes. that's the beautiful white dress and the glorious vision when they open those church doors. Right. Similarly, at a funeral, we would turn around when the casket is going to bring in the sacred remains of a Christian. But generally, we want to face forward and we hear something behind us. And so I start in the book, you know. If there's someone that seems to be collapsing with a medical emergency, yes, turn around. <laughs> An unhappy child, you know, leave the unhappy parents with the child. Say a prayer, but stay forward because we're focusing on the altar, the tabernacle, you know, what's happening in front of us. Right. Where is our attention supposed to be? And, you know, it's, it's one church that I used to um, actually play the organ in for a little while. They made the mistake of put, putting a big clock in the back of the church. Do you remember no, that, do remember Jim? That, yeah. And people would. They would turn around and look at the clock. I think they put it there um, 
It so was, the priest could see it. So the priest could see it, and his homily oh. wouldn't go too long. But you would find people looking, oh, gee, it's about 45 <laughs> minutes. But um, it's fascinating, fascinating. We're talking with Susie Andrus, and the book is called Being Catholic, What Every Catholic Should Know, published by Ignatius Press. That's Ignatius.com is their website. Uh, and, you know, uh, Susie, you mentioned earlier when you were introducing the book it is written in a conversational style, and it's, it's really written for everyday average Catholic. It's not this big over-theological textbook. That, so it, that's a beautiful way to have written this so that people that do have a better understanding. And as you say, it's, it's very conversational, isn't it? Yes, and I was very pleased to hear from readers that they're finding it um, light enough, and that's how I like to write like I speak, that you can just read along and um, hopefully a little bit of a page turner because we're going fairly quickly through these things, but not so much of a boring list as just taking these beautiful treasures and laying them out before you and pointing out the different um, lovely aspects of each of the gems that I can get to. But then at the same time, interesting I don't know, I'm sure this happens to other people, but there are so many points of ridiculousness in my own life that I enjoyed popping them in. I was glad to hear that they didn't overwhelm the book, but for instance, in the chapter on confession, telling a few funny stories about (laughs) times I've gone to confession and things went slightly awry, Uh (laughs) (laughs) the reader at ease and remind, hey, this is a great sacrament, and there, you know, you don't need to be afraid of it. Right. It's just right. God and all his mercy. Yeah. It, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I, I recall uh, oh, a couple of years ago I went to confession. Yeah, it was a long, long week, and I, I just I, I needed to go, and I went, and, ble- and I said, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been, it's been two weeks since my last vacation <laughs> instead of confession. And he said, excuse me. I said, I mean confession. <laughs> yeah, one of my stories is similar. I went to confession, and... um I go sometimes at the college. Um, my husband now teaches at Thomas Aquinas College, and if I go to confession there, then I want to point out to the priest um, uh, that I'm not a student, you know, that I'm a wife and mother, so it's a little easier for him to know who, who is this penitent, not mm-hmm. the typical student. But I usually would say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Um, it's been this long since my last confession. I'm a wife and mother, and these are my sins. But... That day, I got a little flustered, and I said, and these are my sins. And then I realized I hadn't told them I was a wife and mother. Said, and these are my sins. I'm a wife and mother. <laughs> oh, well, that's not sinful. He said, he, he said completely straight. He said, is that a sin? <laughs> and then I, you know, then I got even more flustered. And then he, he's a kind of serious priest, but it was so cute. But he laughed a little and said, yeah. I'm joking. You know, <laughs> That's the treasure, the beauty of our faith, and I love being Catholic. Again, the book is called uh, Being Catholic, What Every Catholic Should Know. Uh, we're talking with the author, Susie Andrus, and uh, it's uh, published by Ignatius Press, and their website is ignatius.com. Uh, Susie, before we go, uh, let's mention your blog, Miss Marcel's Musings. Hmm. Now, what what is the uh, story behind that, Miss Marcel's Musings? Yes, well, I love St. Therese, the little flower, from Lisieux in France. She died in 1897, and um, when I discovered her, she promotes the little way. I just fell in love with her. And then I read about a little Vietnamese boy who lived 50 years after she died, and he had asked her, like we might, to be his big sister, and she had said yes. She's very happy to, um, as many of the saints, as all the saints, to help us in things. And when he asked her, though, after he felt the joy of her saying yes, he actually 
heard her say yes. And I always joke that I'm glad that I don't hear the saints speaking to me because I'd have to get really serious and find a spiritual director <laughs> to tell me what was going on. Right. But she spoke to Marcel, Marcel Van is his name, and he wrote down at the behest of his spiritual director the conversations they had and that he had with Jesus and Mary as well. Wow. So I started a blog, which um, readers, uh, listeners can find at suzyandres.com slash blog. Or punch into Google, Miss Marcel's musings. I call myself Miss Marcel because I relate so much to Marcel. He was very childlike in his relationship with Christ. And what St. Therese wanted to do with him was teach us through him her little way, even more deeply and profoundly than she does in her own books. But on a very um, basic level, because Marcel is just like us, and for instance, in a conversation with Jesus, Jesus might make some beautiful theological point about his infinite and eternal love for all mankind. And then Marcel says, Jesus, why did you let me miss my snack today? I'm really hungry, and I need to eat. (laughs) 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 Boy, this sounds like me in adoration. (laughs) Well, it sounds wonderful. Uh, Friends, that's suzyandres.com. That's S-U-Z-I-E. A-N-D-R-E-S dot com. You can find out more of her blogs and uh, also her books. And the one we've been talking about today, Being Catholic, What Every Catholic Should Know. Susie Andrus, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a delight, Jim. Thank you so much. Okay, God bless keep us you. posted on the next project. Okay. God bless okay. you both. Bye-bye. All right, friends, and you stay where you are. There is more to come on Friday Live. Don't go away. Lord,
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All right, that means it's time for our domestic church chief meteorologist, James Hoffman. Hey, Jimbo, how are you? Here I am, doing well. Yeah. How are you? Well, we're fine. We're Good. just saying a little chilly out. <laughs> we're, we're drying. We're drying out after these couple of days here. <laughs> yeah, crazy. It was the uh, remnants of that uh, hurricane that came uh, came ashore yeah. uh, just a couple of days ago down in the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. We got our share of, of rain. We certainly did. And and cold air. I might even have to make a fire tonight or tomorrow. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it's that time of year, I guess. It's going to warm up later next week, but... Oh, good. That's, yeah, just a little reminder that we're heading... It's you know, coming. We're, we're putting the summer in our rearview mirror, and we're heading into the yeah. winter. Uh-huh. Did you read of any snow in, in the tri-state area, like, during this big storm? Was it cold enough for anybody to see a few flakes? Yeah, so up in... Um, very in northwest New Jersey, they may have had a couple of West Coast lakes mixed in. I know that in um, yeah, New York State, uh, southern New York State, they had some, some snow. I mean, nothing nothing earth-shattering. Mm-hmm. Um, higher elevations may have gotten a dusting or so, but... Uh, wow. Yeah, it wasn't... Too, actually, my, my son is in Colorado, he's in Denver, and uh, this, he left, um, I think it was a week, a couple weeks ago on Sunday. And he was there for a few days, and he sent us a picture. He was smelling out. Ooh, wow. And uh, they, they were expecting six to nine inches of snow. And so, oh, my. That's a reminder that uh, winter is not too far away. Yeah, yeah, we can't stop that. I'm just not quite ready for it. <laughs> yeah. I know you, 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 you ski, right, Jim? Well, yeah, I, I used to ski before. No, before, before your issues, okay. Before, yeah, I just start replacing parts. Yeah, <laughs> that'll do it. That'll do it. That'll oh, yeah. do it. I mean, I could still get out there and ski, but I, I'd i have to evaluate the risk, you know, if I fall. <laughs> right. You know, I, get through. <laughs> I, know, I know the feeling. Yeah, yeah. I know the feeling. Well, you know, uh, I'm sure there are many little trick or treaters wondering what it's going to be like this weekend for them. We had a yes. few. We actually had a few, a couple, of, a few of them stop by here today at the radio station. <laughs> little grandchildren right. came by a little early trick or treat. But um, what do we have in store for today and the rest of the well, weekend? I, 
I hear that the, the scariest ones now with COVID around are going to be the ones without masks. That's right. right. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. People right. will run in fright. That's right. Stay away. They certainly will. Well, it is going to be a cold, cold. Well, you know, we're not used to this type of cold. It's, you know, when, when you look at the dead of winter and you think of cold, it's not going to be that cold, but we just haven't had these type of temperatures. Um, tomorrow, we're going to be in the upper 40s, and then Saturday night, you could dip down into the mid-30s. So it's going to be pretty cold. It won't be windy, but certainly you'll, you'll feel the cold if you're out there trick-or-treating. But um, let's start off with tonight. Uh, first of all, there's a, a freeze warning in effect. Um, that's in effect for our area, so Central Jersey, South Jersey, southeastern Pennsylvania. And that just basically means that, hey, it's going to be below freezing. <laughs> um, you'll want to make sure that um, yeah, your your uh, delicate plants are in. Make sure your husbands are inside. <laughs> or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't leave them outside. That's right. Uh, but if they are outside, make sure they have um, some Jack Daniels and some rocks. There you go. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, around the fire pit. Little Jack Daniels around the fire pit. That's all you need. Stay warm in <laughs> a, a cold winter night. Yeah. I'll set you up out all there. All right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> so for tonight, we're going to have some frost on that pumpkin. Uh, so scattered frost. Mostly cloudy early. Then it's going to clear up. We're going to have a low around 30 degrees. So some areas, um, colder areas may get into the upper upper 20s. So it's going to be cold. Wow. Tomorrow, as I mentioned, uh, sunny. Highs in the upper 40s. About 48 degrees. Saturday night, partly cloudy, low around 35. So we're still not as cold as tonight, but still it's going to be chilly for those out trick-or-treating. And then Sunday, slight chance of rain in the afternoon. Otherwise, we're going to have partly sunny skies for most of the day. And we're going to warm up to about 60 degrees Sunday night. Chance of showers continues, partly cloudy, low around um, 36, a little bit warmer. And then first day of the work week on Monday, mostly sunny. I near 46, so we're still gonna we're gonna drop back down in, into the 40s. And uh, looking into next week, uh, we're gonna start off with uh, lows in the 30s and highs, just around 50, upper 40s to, to 50s. And then later in the week, we're gonna warm up, and we could get into the upper 60s by Friday. So after we get through this little cold spell, um, we're gonna you know warm up in, into the 60s. I also heard maybe next weekend you know, some of us could hit 70 or so, but um, really? it's still still too far out. But uh, mm. let's, let's keep – we can be optimistic. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so for those who yeah. can actually go vote on Election Day, it looks like the weather's going to cooperate. Mm-hmm. On Election yes. Day. So Election Day, that is Tuesday, mostly sunny, high, near 51 degrees. So I'm in New Jersey. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we do the drop-off thing, yeah. the, the drop-off boxes. And then um, – but you can vote in person in New Jersey. I guess Pennsylvania, they've got in-person voting as well as absentee. Yeah, we're, we're actually, we actually can go into a booth. We, we can do it the old-fashioned way. That's right. Wow. And we've decided we're doing, it, we're doing it that way. We're going to go the That's old-fashioned right. way into the booth, pull the curtain, and make your choice. <laughs> Well, I've already voted a few times. So <laughs> yes, yeah, they, they do say. They say, uh, you know, vote soon, vote safe, vote often. Vote often. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we need need a lot of prayer. 
Yeah, good. Yeah, I was just going to say the interesting thing is I have a daughter who lives in Florida. She's registered in Florida. Yeah. But she's still registered in New Jersey. Yeah. So she got a ballot here in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's crazy. Can't let it go so to waste. So did our, our two out-of-state children who, who are on the on the election rolls and getting bailed. It's ridiculous. I think I got a ballot yeah. for my cat. <laughs> That's <laughs> Yeah, uh, very oh, good. Well, let's just keep praying, Jim. Thank you so much, as always, for all you do, and uh, I hope you and Jackie and your family have a beautiful weekend together. You too. Thanks okay, a lot. stay well. Talk to you next bye, week. Bye. God bless you. Bye-bye. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. Time to name that Catholic tune. The fun game show we play here on Friday Live where uh, Cheryl will give you information about a particular Catholic hymn. And then she's going to play a little bit of it for you. Uh, Are you using the Mighty Wurlitzer or the Nine Foot Grand? I will use the piano today. Okay, so the Nine Foot Grand is here. Can I send out a quick message if this gentleman is listening? I I need a piece of information. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how else to get in touch with him. So, um... Nick, last last week called. Oh, okay. A winner from, from last week. Uh-huh. Right. The winner from last week, if you are listening, and maybe, I don't know if you have the capability of texting, Jim can give that text number. But um, if I could have your son's name, I want to do something a little bit special, and I don't know your son's name. Of course, I'm going to mail the prize to your address, but um, I'm just working on a little tiny surprise. So, um Okay, so I need to give our texting See, number over there. Can he text maybe his son's yeah, name? 609-493-8255. 609-493-8255. That's our text. Anybody else wants to text, you can text as well. Yeah, text anything. 609-493-8255. <laughs> However, for the game show, they're going to have to call a different number? That same number they call, 609 493 That's the number you call when you think you know what today's hymn is, 609-493-8255. And Cheryl will uh, give information about the uh, hymn that we've chosen today. And then uh, we'll play a little bit of it on the uh, nine-foot grand that I wheeled in here. That's why your back is hurting. That's right. Still. That's right. Okay, where's my clues? Okay, wait. I do have some clues, which might throw you a little bit. But when you hear the melody, you might just automatically start singing the text. The thing is, this tune, written in 1864, was originally written for use at communion, at the reception of communion, because they were talking about sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But um, along the way, the the uh, some of the text changed, and now it makes a hymn... Um, more generally used, really, throughout the year, but somehow it's become popular at Thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, in the hymnal that I play from, it's in the Thanksgiving hymn section. So that might help you a little bit. But um, the text was written while the author was walking among the beautiful countryside with a winding river in the distance and lovely flowers. And uh, he just was led to give 
grateful praise to God for all the creation that he has uh, placed upon the earth for us to enjoy. So as I mentioned, the original text was more Eucharistic-focused, but now it's a general hymn of thanksgiving for creation, for our physical senses, for human love, for all the good that God gives to us. And here's another little clue before mm-hmm. I play a melody. Okay. For those, if you do really tune into the hymns at Mass, or maybe you're in the choir, maybe you're a music director, an organist, this tune, you know, many times they'll take a melody and they'll put entirely different text to it to reflect something else. The title is called, it was written for Epiphany, and that title is As With Gladness men of old but i think that's very as with with gladness men of old so there's not too many people that are going to know that but as you um as you hear this you might think of that fall season the thanksgiving season okay so 609-493-8255 that's the number you call when you think you know what today's catholic tune is 609-493-8255. 609-493-8255. And here's a little snippet of the Okay, ready? Yeah, good. Ooh, okay. 609-493-8255. Do you know what today's Catholic tune is? Give us a call right now to win a fabulous prize. 609 609- Four nine three eight two five five. I wouldn't get too comfortable with it. Oh, right. I sat down already. <laughs> come on now, people. All right. So now, okay. no contestants come. yet. Stumped the crowd today. 609-493-8255. Today's Catholic tune is... We're not thinking of it. You've got to put on your Catholic thinking caps. So... Oh, we're getting a contestant. Here we go. Somebody always calls in. <laughs> hi, you're on, you're on the air. Oh, got to turn your radio. What, what, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Oh, hi, Jim. It's Gwen again. Hi, Gwen. How are you? Hey, Gwen. <laughs> Thank you for your prize last week. It was awesome. Oh, oh good, 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 uh, good. For, for the for the greatness of the earth, God. I can't like I can't remember the exact <laughs> name of it, but I I know it's from. It was in the Little Women uh, movie. Yes, <laughs> oh, it was. Yes, okay. it's one of those like pioneer hymns. Well, we're gonna give it to you <laughs> for the. It, ri- it rhymes with cutie. <laughs> There you go. Very good. (laughs) For the beauty of the earth. Thank you, Gwen. Good job. Well, Gwen, you saved the day because nobody was calling. That's okay. Gosh, I was like, oh, my God, I can't get it. And then nobody's calling. I'm like, oh, no, I'll have to call and just try. There you go. Well, you tried correctly. Great. So now do we have your information? We have Gwen's information? Yeah. Okay. So we we have it. So thank you so much for playing along today. That is correct. For the beauty of the earth. Congratulations, okay, Gwen. You take care. I love you. You take care and God bless. God bless okay, you. thank you. <laughs> All right, that's great. Thank you, Gwen, for playing and winning today. Friends, you stay where you are. More to come on Friday Live. Don't go away.
All right, that was For the Beauty of the Earth. A delightful piano and flute rendition. Wasn't that delightful? Mm-hmm. For the Beauty of the Earth or on Epiphany. So, well, I could say on Sunday, look in your hymnal and look at the Epiphany and Christmas as with gladness men of old as they foretold, you know, the, the Magi and the visits. But... um and that was There's in the no movie. hymnals in the pew. <laughs> that was in the film Little Women? Is that what Little you Women, yeah. It's just like one of those I didn't see that. Little House on the Prairie kind of hymns. You Little know? Women on the Prairie. Yeah. <laughs> but at first, the original title was The Sacrifice of Praise, and it was completely more Eucharistic, you know, in mm-hmm. Thanksgiving for receiving the great sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But then it, it was more generally... Um, this our grateful gift of praise. Very nice. It sounds Thanksgiving-ish. Isn't it? It, yeah, it sounds Thanksgiving-ish. Yeah. There's that other one, uh, now thank we all our God. That, but even more so, we gather together. We gather together, that's right. Yeah. Which many people will not be doing this Thanksgiving. Which we will not sadly be Sadly and unfortunately, although we did receive an invitation. I, I won't, was shocked. I won't say where, who from, but we've received it and says no masks or socially distance required. Yeah, so. yeah. I, don't know. I was very surprised. It's a group thought, of rebels. <laughs> I thought everyone was going to just have their own turkeys. In California, boy, did you read the California stuff? Oh, the governor out there? Cam- cameras oh, in homes or oh, something? Three crazy. households, limited to three households, all kinds oh, of stuff. All right, well, enough of that. No, Let's take a break. No, no, no. We're going to go take a break. We're going to come back and uh, have our gospel reading next hour. Father uh, Jim Grogan is here to give a reflection on the Beatitudes. Yes. And then Father Vincent Lampert, uh, who is an exorcist, will join us. He's written a book called Exorcism, The Battle Against Satan and His Demons. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, we cut away video-wise for a few minutes. Come back on at the top of the hour, listening to us on our radio or any other audio platform. Stay right where you are. More to come on Friday Live. Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. 
We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. I gave a huge hug this morning. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I took the baby while she worked. Um, I sent my husband a love email. I have carried my wife's purse. I shopped. We talked. I made my wife laugh. She's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Do something a little special. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. Hi, I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. family had been going through crisis. Little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I was afraid to go back. I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again. Cried because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. We need to pray for the gift of knowledge, not just knowledge of our faults, but knowledge of God. Do you know God? Or is he just somebody that you go to when you're in trouble? And this gift of knowledge is a certain amount of <coughs> detachment. Oh, we don't want to hear about that, do you? We, we're attached to everything, little things, silly things, chairs. Don't sit in my chair. Why? Because it just fits me. <laughs> it doesn't fit you. You're too fat. <laughs> well, if you ever said that to somebody, you're attached to what? A chair. You can be attached to God, and you can love everybody. You can love your children and love your parents and love even your enemies. But attachments take the soul out of your heart. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. We have a big problem. Our culture is dying and souls are in danger of being lost. The answer is conversion to Jesus Christ in his church. St. Paul Street Evangelization is a Catholic organization and we have hundreds of teams spreading the good news throughout the country. But we need your help. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Find out more and get involved today at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio.
And welcome back, friends. Another hour of Friday Live on this October 30th, 2020, which is uh, Mischief Night. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Do they even do that anymore? Do they anymore? do Mischief anymore on Mischief mm. Night? It used to be Chalk Night when I was growing up. Just Chalk. Just Chalk on the sidewalk. Did you ever go through the egg stage? No, I never, never, never threw eggs. That's Someone right. threw an egg at me. We told that story. <laughs> that's right. I never threw an egg. Toilet were, paper. We did toilet paper. Yeah. That's, that was harmless. Know, harmless fun. Harmless, yeah. And chalk. Soap, maybe soap on the car. Yeah, so on the and car I think that's hard to get off. It's soap; it washes off, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> I would imagine. Mm. Anyway, hopefully, there's no mischief tonight. That's right. We there's enough mischief every in, in other night of the year. Yeah, to, you know, right. In fact, in I, th- I did read. I didn't. I, I just saw the headline, but they um, they called the National Guard into Philadelphia. I know. So about time. Gotta pray for that. Uh, this hour, we're going to have our gospel uh, for this coming Sunday, which is the Feast of All Saints, the uh, Beatitudes, and then our friend Father Jim Grogan uh, from, uh, um, see, I lost my train of thought, Fairhaven, what's the, Nativity Nativity. Nativity, Pastor of Nativity Parish in, in Fairhaven, <laughs> Father Jim's going to give the reflection. And then, uh, oh, Father Vincent Lampert will be joining us uh, later on this hour. He's the exorcist in the Diocese of Indianapolis, and he's written a book called Exorcism. The Battle Against Satan and His Demons. So uh, an actual exorcist will join us mm-hmm. on this uh, night before Halloween. And something tells me we need them more now well, more I have, than ever. Yeah, yeah, exorcism. A lot of there, evil yeah, out yeah, there. Gotta, so Father, mm-hmm. Father Vincent will tell us all about that. We'll start with our gospel reading for this Sunday. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain... And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. This Sunday, we celebrate one of those unusual feasts, a solemnity of such importance that it replaces the usual Sunday Mass. Instead of the 31st Sunday in ordinary time, this year we celebrate the Feast of All Saints. There are many saints who have a feast day on our church liturgical calendar, and I've often said that each person needs to have at least two or three favorite saints whose lives help us grow in holiness. There are many, many more saints than that in heaven. In fact, as a church, we teach that all those who have died and entered into the eternity of heaven, into the perfection of God's love, we call saints. This feast, then, acknowledges and celebrates all those who have been welcomed into heaven already. This is a feast rooted in our baptism. I say our baptism because you and I by virtue of that same baptism, 
are called to the holiness of the saints. We are already in union with them, although that is incomplete while we are on our pilgrimage on planet Earth. Now, in many secular circles, our embrace of life after death, of eternal life, as ordered by God, remains an unpopular idea. Perhaps unpopular if we don't understand it. Perhaps unpopular because it calls us to live radically in this secular world. But this needs to be said. The saints in heaven did not leave perfect lives on earth. In our human frailty, conditioned by original sin, no one lives a perfect life before death. The exception some will note is the Blessed Virgin Mary, Queen of Heaven and of all the saints, who by God's grace did not suffer the stain of original sin, as we acknowledge in her title, Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception. As we celebrate our very real communion with the saints in heaven, we celebrate the promise of Jesus to each one of us. He has gone before us to create a place in heaven, an eternal life, for each one of us. Jesus taught that this call to everlasting life, the call to the holiness as a saint, is not limited. When we listen to our gospel this weekend, we know that it is offered to the poor in spirit, to those who mourn, who are meek, merciful, and who have a clean heart and who are persecuted. We respond to these beatitudes by accepting God's grace to find joy in moments of suffering, to find peace in moments of persecution, to recognize his grace in moments of mourning. And at each of those moments, we have the chance to grow in holiness, to each day shape our lives after the model of the saints. So today, spend a few minutes contemplating your favorite saint, perhaps whose name you chose when you were confirmed. Consider the struggles of their life and ask their intercession to protect you and guide you on your personal journey to grow in holiness. Jesus wants you and I to be with him one day in heaven. He has already prepared that place for us. With his abundant grace and through the intercession of the communion of saints, we will join those with whom we seek intercession today.
was quick <laughs> it was quick well i mean the end just oh, i was waiting for a fade yeah <laughs> it just stopped sound wow. the bell of holy freedom so talking about looking back and remembering things would that be five years ago when holy father came world yeah, meeting world day of families 2015 2015, yeah, 2015. five years ago that was the theme song ring the bell of holy freedom sound the bell oh, sound the bell of holy freedom. <laughs> You can ring my bell. Who was that? Sound the bell of holy freedom. Yeah, but who who sang You Can Ring My Bell? Oh. Do you know? Ring my bell. No. Yeah. Do you? No, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no I'll idea. I'll think of it, though, because I, I remember liking that particular song. Was it from the 70s? Yes. Hmm. Maybe 80s. 80s. No, I knew you in the 80s. I don't think we... Mm. Maybe late 70s then. Late 70s. I, I will look it up because I'm sure the listeners really want to know. So what else do you have there? Any no, texts? Coming? No, I just checked. Well, I, I just checked and I couldn't pull up the, for whatever reason. The text wasn't coming up. Oh. Uh, yeah, I have to try and be re- reloading it and see if that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. But uh, 609-493-8255. Oh, wait a minute. We do. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so you got an answer to your question earlier. Okay, we don't have to put that out over the air. That's right. all right. And uh, someone said, I knew the melody, but not the name. Ah, and it is name that Catholic too. It is name that Catholic. We've run into that Sorry, once Claire, before. Sorry, Claire was... Uh, <laughs> oh, Claire. Uh, yeah. Well, and you know, I personally feel like the farther and farther away we get from congregational singing... These titles and even, well, maybe the melodies should be ingrained in our brain, right? But um, some of these titles, and I used to be able to sing several verses without opening the hymnal. I think now I'm going to have to, although I, I read in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, perhaps somebody can correct me if this is wrong, but I read that the hymnals are coming back as of Advent, Oh, yeah? Yes. How do they work in that? Well, it's after election. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I have no... How do they work in that out? No comment. But now, the other thing is I was sharing that with my choir, because I try to stay in touch with the surrounding news. You You think people will touch them? Maybe they won't put them out yet. Maybe they're ordered and they'll be put in the closet. Oh, hoping for the best in 2021. Because they're good till Advent of 2022. So, hoping for the... 2021. But hoping that... Hoping next year will be a little different than this year. And that soon we could use the hymnals, so. 
Hmm. And just imagine the publishing companies without those huge orders of thousands upon thousands of hymnals. I know at our place, we didn't order any for for Advent and beyond. No? No. So... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was thinking we were talking earlier about the Second Vatican Council. I I remember it probably was early '80s because the song was released in '82, maybe, um, where I sang a wedding at St. Augustine's in Kendall Park. They wanted me to sing. I played the guitar, and my friend Patty Nolan, who's married to my friend Paul, let me guess the wedding song. Nope. No. Just You and I by Eddie Rabbit and Crystal Gale. No. <laughs> yeah, during the wedding. <gasps> during the wedding ceremony. I forget what offertory or something. I can't, Just You and I. I can't believe they let that happen. I cannot believe it. Was it was the early 80s. Wow. Right? Secular music. Yeah, like a pop song just and right in the middle of the And then for a while they were saying, okay, you could sing these things as a prelude, you know, before. Oh, they didn't even say that? Really? If, along, along the way, and I, I can't really, I'm not good with the, with the memory bank, so mm-hmm. I, I can't quote a date there. But there was a time um, when they would say, well, you know, you could sing that before Mass, but once Mass begins, then it has to be all sacred music. Yeah, no, this was during Mass. I, mean, I think it was the offertory. <laughs> Just You and I by Eddie Rabbit and Crystal Gale. Mm-hmm. No, that wouldn't happen today. I don't care where you live. They're barely singing English today, <laughs> let alone pop songs. They're not singing at all. <gasps> yeah. uh, some, some, uh, some parishes are just doing antiphons. <laughs> mm, yeah, and Latin, right? They're going back. I don't know. Well, well, we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting because uh, I think, you know, people are at a point where there's— and now Europe is shutting down again, and oh. Europe was— are spiking, I should say. And they were shut down all, all summer long, and they're still spiking, mm. you know, with what for whatever reason. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know all the science behind it, but. Well, we're not going to talk about it. No, I know, but I was just saying, <laughs> I was thinking of, you know, going back to Italy, but it looks like we're not going to do that. I know, we are we're looking forward to that. So many people are wanting to travel. Right. The travel agencies want you to travel. Oh, those poor travel agencies. Oh. Our friend Maurizio over in, over in Italy, who was our tour guide on a few yes. of our pilgrimages, that was I mean, his, that's his life. That's his livelihood, and, and he has children. I don't know how he's making it. No. You know, I see him. I, we're Facebook pals, but I see, and I see he posts a lot of stuff, but see, he's not traveling. Mm. But mm. how do you, you know, what do you do? What do you do? In, I over there, know. you know, and uh, travel agents in this country too, I would imagine. Although mm-hmm. we did get material about Oberammergau. What's the right. name of the place over there in Germany? Oberammergau. And they are looking ahead. Make your plans now, and they're giving you some special discounts if you could plan for spring or summer of 2021. You know, and I guess they're just trying to stay afloat. You know, during this little interim, and then they can start getting deposits for future trips. But it's just you know so unpredictable. Yeah. Anita Bell, Anita Ward is saying you can ring my bell. Anita Ward. Now, I would not have thought of that name. It was probably one of those one-hit wonders. Probably. Somebody look it up for us. Thank yes, you. Yes, uh, Arlene and Pete. Good job. Good job. We can They named that secular tune today. That's right. I need to send you another prize. <laughs> wow. You can ring my bell. Anita Ward. Yeah, they call them one-hit, one-hit wonders. Probably. Probably. But uh, so yes, it was thirty years, thirty years, ten years ago today that we had our Father Karapi event up in, up in the, the Prudential Center, and um, and that was his last. That event. That was his last public appearance, right? Until he had his issue. But we do have it on very, very good, reliable sources. I will say this: I can't say any more than that. But very good, 
very reliable sources that Father Crappy is back in community. And he's okay. And he's in monastic life. Living a quiet, yep. peaceful life so, of prayer. Mm-hmm. All those prayers that were prayed for him helped. See that? The power of prayer, am I right? Which uh, then I think, again, I'm just saying this on very reliable sources and you know no official church pronouncement has come out but i wonder if it if it does or when it does if it does if we could start playing his material again because it was so powerful i mean he just had that wonderful gift of apostolic preaching where you just stop i remember we'd have him i'd have him on in the morning eight o'clock mm-hmm. or at five o'clock in the afternoon one or the other and I would get calls, people who said they would be late for work because they were so enthralled by what he was saying. They were in the parking lot of their office and wouldn't leave the car because right. they wanted to hear the end of the program. They were hanging on to every word. And yet, if you ask people today, because that was 10 years ago, mm-hmm. he hasn't, many people, excuse me, don't know who he is. Yeah. And, um, you know, he had the issue, uh, that the accusation. It was not a, a, pedof- a pedophile, pedophilia accusation. It was a... A, an accusation of consensual relations with a woman, um, which he denied, but that took him down. And right. uh, but you know, he it, was um, such a charismatic speaker, and he spoke the truth. I mean, even now you could listen to any of his wealth of material, mm-hmm. and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. He never spoke out against the church. Quite the contrary, the contrary, he brought many people back into the oh, faith. Yeah. Got people to go to confession, you know, on fire for the Lord. Look, that when we had him at the uh, Prudential Center, it was 8,000 people. No, yeah, I think more than that. Well, well, maybe. Maybe between 8, 10. But it was, a, and I was looking at the pictures earlier. I mean, the, the arena was, you know. Mm, that was fabulous. Wonderful. And you, you had your little choir. And I, I always think we didn't get a, a video of it, but the mass oh. at the end of the day. It was like a world, we would just swirled into heaven. It was, it was timeless. had yeah. like 90 priests and deacons on, on the altar. Um, you had your choir. Uh, it was just just magnificent. Mm-hmm. Just And, you know, we, it was we and us and, and, and a few members of our board of directors board. that put this whole thing together. <laughs> I don't know. We laugh about it now because how did we, we had walkie-talkies. Because that's a big, that's a big space. We, how many times did we get lost downstairs, like running you know, behind the scenes, underground, in the, you know, and there was a, just a huge circle. Um, and the story, you began, we only, about a minute, we have to take a break, but the story you started telling was we had a, we had mass and we had a collection. Yeah. So we collected, yeah. a, you know, a few thousand dollars okay. in cash mm. at the collection, and we had, we hired an armed guard to walk the cash from the building into my car. Right. And we had you had your car and I had my car and I was going to follow you. So I had I had a box load of cash in my car. Now is this before GPS? So mm, I I was had, following you. You were I don't know what you were using. I probably had some kind of printout or a. Oh, map. No, I think it was probably an early GPS. I think yeah. GPS was around. All right. But I was following you and we were going into the, the most worst parts of Newark. <laughs> I'm thinking, where are you taking me? And I have all this cash in the car. And, you know, you get into those little tiny city streets and you have all the interference from the tall city buildings that um, we got turned around. And I don't know how we were. The guardian angels must have gotten us out of there. But I know it was pretty scary. But it was some. I remember going home that I just it just it was just heaven. It was just heaven. It was. Mm -hmm. And that was the turning point, I think, for our apostolate, because as I said yesterday, it was there that we raised that amount of money we needed to buy 
our first big A and where we are right now, and then also to fund the the building of our FM station, getting mm-hmm. the transmitter in the tower. Mm-hmm. That was so, a miracle. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I tell you what, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be joined by Father Vincent Lampert, an exorcist, to talk about his book, Exorcism, the Battle Against Satan and Demons. So stay where you are. There's more to come on Friday Live. Ten thousand years and then 
Well, welcome back, friends. And um, Father Vincent P. Lampert was ordained a priest for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis in 1991. He currently serves as the pastor of St. Michael and St. Peter Parishes in Brookville, Indiana. In 2005, he was appointed the exorcist for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. He received his training in Rome, is a member of the International Association of Exorcists. And in his new book, Exorcism, the Battle Against Satan and His Demons, Father Lampert uh, presents authentic Catholic teaching on the devil and his plan against humanity. Father Vince, welcome to the program. Yes, Jen, it's good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for taking the time to be with us. A very interesting book, and I'm sure since, not, since well, your entire priesthood, but especially since 2005, as uh, the exorcist for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, you must have a very interesting life. I would say that's an understatement. <laughs> I certainly get about 1,800 calls and emails every year from people all over the United States and even other parts of the world who believe they're up against the forces of evil and are reaching out to the Church for help. Well, let's talk about this, because obviously it is a very serious topic. Our Lord said that uh, Satan was the prince of this world, and we know that he works uh, tirelessly against humanity. Um, how, first of all, let's talk about how, how does the Church select and train priests for the ministry of exorcism? I think it's important to know that the exorcist in every diocese is the bishop. Okay. So the bishop is the exorcist by virtue of his office, and then the Church says that at his discretion he may appoint one or more of his priests to this ministry. In the new rite of exorcism, it says that the best way for priests to be trained is with an apprenticeship model. So to find a more experienced uh, exorcist, and then to work under him, and then to learn how to uh, help people who are turning to the exorcist for help. And, and so <clears throat> what you're saying, Father, that um, the bishop also would have gone through that, that training of sorts. No, he, he has the office just by virtue of his oh. Episcopal ordination. Oh, I see. I see. Through apostolic succession. Mm -hmm. So, and you mentioned that you obviously, you get calls from all over the world about this. How often, Father, are there genuine possessions as opposed to oppressions or people who just obviously may have psychological issues? What are you finding? Is it becoming more prevalent now with uh, this type of uh, uh, work by the the devil in a person's life, more of a uh, possession and maybe the thing to do is is back up a tiny bit and um, a brief definition of the difference between oppression and possession. Yeah, so the Church identifies four 
extraordinary types of demonic activity. There can be infestation, which is the presence of evil in a location or with an object. There's a vexation, which are physical attacks. Some people prefer the word oppression, but I prefer the word vexation because I believe that oppression is a, a gift from God. God is allowing someone to be afflicted by evil as an opportunity for that person to show their fidelity to God. We think of Job in the Old Testament, St. Paul, who talks about the thorn in the flesh that he received, you know, to prevent him from becoming proud. We think of great saints of the Church, St. John Vianney, uh, Padre Pio. Again, no one would say that they needed an exorcism, but God was permitting them to be oppressed as a way for them to grow in holiness and virtue. So infestation, vexation, obsession, mental attack, and then possession. Mm-hmm. Two cases of demonic possession are extremely rare. One out of it, perhaps every 5,000 people that I deal with. Most of the cases have to do with infestation, vexation, and obsession. And I've done thousands of those exorcisms over the past 15 years. And Father Vince, what, how, how does how does this happen? Is a person is every every person vulnerable to this? Do we allow it by our lack of faith or lack of of, of prayer? I mean, how does this how does this happen? People uh, create an entry point for evil into the world. Is how all this comes about. Some people do it directly when they know they're doing something that is uh, against what God would command us to do. Think of even Adam and even the Old, Old Testament, the book of Genesis, disobedience to God. Some people do it, you know, again, directly. They know they're doing something wrong. They choose to do it anyway. Indirectly, people are dabbling in things they perhaps think is fun, mm-hmm. but are actually very dangerous. You know, tomorrow's Halloween, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe that Halloween is a, a trap of the devil trying to get people to be fascinated with evil, mm-hmm. and there's a danger by the things that people do around Halloween that they could be opening up a entry point for the demonic into their lives. May I ask you this, Father? Um, if God is all-knowing and all-powerful and all-good, why, and, and even more powerful than the devil, I mean, we know the end of the story, right? Why would he... <laughs> Why would he allow this to happen? Couldn't he say, okay, devil, no more nonsense, no more fooling around, no more possession and ingestation and, and all dexation and everything else? Can he just stomp him out? <laughs> that's why he needs father. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, put me out of business. That's, that's right. right. We can't let that happen. <laughs> yeah, when uh, Lucifer fell, one-third of the angelic choir fell with him. They were sent to earth. And it's what God permits, so God is permitting them to afflict. I will say that if we're faithful Catholics and we're living out our faith, I like to say if we're all going to Mass, if we're celebrating the sacraments, if we're praying, if we're reading sacred scripture, we're doing Marian devotion because our Blessed Mother is a very powerful ally, bringing one up against the forces of evil. So if we're living out the ordinary aspects of our faith, the devil is already on the run. Okay. But God gives us free will, mm. so God doesn't, you know, you know, He wants us to honor and obey Him, but we have that free choice. And when we don't do what God wants, we can't open ourselves up to demonic attacks in our lives. Mm-hmm. 
We're talking with Father Vincent Lampert. He's the exorcist for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. Uh, the book is called Exorcism, The Battle Against Satan and His Demons. Uh, SaintPaulCenter.com is where you can find out more about the book. That's STPaulCenter.com. Uh, Father, in this world in which we live, obviously, and as you mentioned in the book, that the devil does operate, that Jesus tells us that he is the prince of this world, what are some of the ways that it's it's obvious to anybody, without even having to be an exorcist, of the presence of his actions in the world today, do you think? Well, you know, we talked earlier about the extraordinary activity of the devil, the infestation, vexation, obsession, possession, but I think people have to be more wary of the ordinary activity of the devil, and it's centered on temptation. You know, the devil wants us to buy into lies. I call it deception. The deception will lead us to division. We are broken on the inside. The division will lead us to diversion. We're no longer walking the path of God. We're out in the weeds somewhere, and that will lead us to discouragement. And discouragement can either lead us to death, always uh, spiritual, sometimes even physical. You look at the the rise of suicide and depression and whatnot in society today. But it could also lead to discipleship, and that would be the re-evangelization that St. John Paul II spoke of. We realize that where we're at is not good, and we're going to get back and be right with God. Mm. I know, um, of course, all of our Holy Fathers have directly addressed the action of the devil in the world. Pope Francis speaks about it a lot. And I remember him talking once in one of his, uh, there was a general audience or one of his talks, he was saying, never get into a conversation with the devil. In other words, don't don't interact. Is that a danger? It is a danger because even exorcists are trained during an exorcism when a demon manifests not to engage in any conversation, but to stay focused on the prayer of the Church because the demon would want to try to... Uh, manipulate the exorcist to take over that time of prayer and to use it for its advantage Mm -hmm. rather than allowing that person who's afflicted to be returned to God. So there is a great danger in interacting with with the demons and even with the devil himself. Mm -hmm. They're highly intellectual, and uh, if we think that we're going to have the upper hand, uh, we're just deceiving ourselves, which is why, again, in the ritual of the Church, the priest is always operating under the power and the authority that Christ has given to his church. Mm. So the commands and everything are done in the name of Jesus Christ. I tell people, if you're relying on me as an individual, we're all in trouble. <laughs> but if we're relying on the power and authority of Christ, that's exactly where we need to be. Right. If one suspects that there could be some demonic activity, a presence in their home, what are some initial steps that that maybe they could take, you know, the first thing that pops into my mind is maybe having a priest come bless the home or getting blessed salt. Uh, Anything that you could recommend? That's absolutely the right thing to do, is to go talk to uh, one's local parish priest, just explain what's going on, ask the priest to come and and bless the house, Mm -hmm. using a very specific exorcism prayer that's used for infestation, and then using... The, uh, the holy water that has uh, exercise salt in it as well. And I always go from room to room and bless the entire house. I also ask the family, if they've done something, to invite the evil in to say a prayer renouncing what they did. Mm. So if one 
allowed the devil to enter into their home because of something they did, playing with a Ouija board or, you know, anything associated with the occult, they can take that back. So having them take it back is a very powerful thing to do. Having them go to confession, Father Gabriel Amort, the former chief exorcist in Rome, always liked to tell people a good confession is better than a thousand exorcisms. Again, because a sacrament of the Church has, is of a weightier nature than an exorcism, which is a sacramental. We're talking with Father Vincent Lampert. He is the exorcist for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, and the book is called Exorcism, the Battle Against Satan and His Demons. You can find out more about the book, friends, at the website stpaulcenter.com. That's stpaulcenter.com. Uh, and Father, should how how fearful should we be of the devil? We should never be fearful of the devil because he always tries to portray himself as something more than he is. So he feeds on fear. So the best thing for us to do is to always remain in the light of Christ. You know, perfect faith will cast out fears. Scripture tells us so. If our faith is strong, we have nothing to fear. One of the great images I like to have of an exorcism is, think of a room that is infested with cockroaches. When you walk into the room, you turn on the light, the bugs, they are scary for every crack mm-hmm. and crevice. Mm-hmm. So in an exorcism, the priest is throwing the light of Jesus Christ on somebody who's in the darkness of evil, and when that happens, the evil will flee. And so this... and again, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say that people should always realize that our guardian angel is more powerful than the devil himself. And if we ever feel like we are in trouble, you know, we can invoke our guardian angel who Christ has given us to be with us, to inspire, to instruct, to illumine us. So uh, we should never be fearful of the devil ever. When you are asked, Father, to go in, and I'm in 15 years, I'm sure you've had some very, very interesting experiences. When you have gone into some of these cases where there is actual possession, are, are there levels of possession where it's more difficult than other situations? Is it something that you, you how do you prepare for that? My experience in, with people who are possessed, it's, it's never a question of one demon. There's always multiple demons. And uh, just as much as there is a hierarchy in the angelic world, there is a hierarchy in the demonic world. And it has been my experience that demons of a of a higher choir, if you will, because when the angels fell, they fell from all the choirs. So the ones that are of a higher choir may uh, tend to uh, take a little bit more effort to cast out. And some of that is due to the fact of what somebody may have done to invite the demon in. I did an exorcism one time when the demon told me its name was Leviathan, and it did not have to leave. Mm. And Leviathan is a demon mentioned in the Bible, and the, and the demon told me it, it did not have to leave because it had been invited in. Therefore, it was making a claim on the life of the person. Mm. It's also my experience that exorcisms in what I call the pagan world and the apostate world are much different. So in the pagan world, and by that I mean someone has never heard the good news of Jesus Christ and they're possessed, as soon as they hear it, the demons flee immediately. But in the apostate world, just think of the Western world in which we live, in which many people who've been baptized and and reared in the Church, who have now turned their back on the Church, they walked away from God, 
when these people become possessed, it does seem to be that the demons have a greater claim on them simply because they knew the truth of Jesus Christ and they chose to walk away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we only have about a minute left, Father. To fend off a spiritual attack and, and build a stronger relationship with God, this is included in your book. Real quick, what what is a what's your advice to people who are listening, and 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 how can they keep themselves protected? Again, I would go back to the ordinary aspects of our Catholic faith. Go to mass, you know. Go to confession, receive communion. You know, if need be, ask the priest for the sacrament, the anointing of the sick. You know, do holy hours, pray the rosary, read sacred scripture. You know, there are so many powerful things that we have within the great treasure of our Catholic faith, and those are the things that we should turn to, because if we're doing those things again, the devil's already on the run. You know, the devil's going to look for a lot easier prey, mm-hmm. and if we're spiritually strong, he's going to move on and find somebody who's a lot weaker that he can try to subdue. Great advice. So just remain strong in our faith is where we need to be. Great advice. Thank you. Father Vincent Lampert, again, friends, he's the exorcist for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, and he's written the book called Exorcism, The Battle Against Satan and His Demons, and you can check out the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology at stpaulcenter.com. That's stpaulcenter.com, and find out more about the book as well. Father, thank you so much for your great work and for taking some time out to be with us today. Yes, it's my pleasure. I was uh, glad to be with you. God bless you. God bless you. you. Thank you. Uh, All right, friends, and you stay where you are. Going to be right back. Don't go away. John Kozar, National Director of the Pontifical Mission Societies in the United States. Connecting a lifetime of dots. That's my path to answering the Lord's call at baptism to be missionary. In elementary school, there were visits from missionaries who inspired me. In high school, I was president of the mission club, and as a seminarian, I served the summer in the missions of Peru. And now, here I am as National Director of the Pontifical Mission Societies. Mark the moments of your own connection to missionary work. Discover how you've made a world of difference. It's a lesson from the missions. Brought to you by the Pontifical Mission Societies. To learn more about becoming a missionary right where you are, visit our website at onefamilyandmission.org. Remember, if you're baptized, you're a missionary. Through prayer and sacrifice, in word and witness, we're all part of this one family in mission. I went to church and just sat there and listened. I really didn't absorb anything. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control and church was actually a a burden to me. I had this sin that I carried in my heart for a long time. And I told myself for many, many years that the Lord wouldn't forgive me for this. When, when Father in the confessional says, your sins are forgiven, there truly is a, a feeling of, of weight lifted off. I don't care if it's two or three little sins that you're carrying, there's a feeling of I can breathe deeply again. I feel pure inside and I'm, and I'm ready to come to Mass. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home. If you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. When you come home to the, to the church, You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. All right. Well, thanks to Father Vince for being with us. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. uh... (laughs) But that's it. You know, there is, um, you're drawn to it, 
Now, we're firmly rooted in our faith, and we know that we're not going to mess around with it. But if people aren't really, you know, living their faith or they're really attracted to something like this, that that's when the door gets open a little bit. Yeah, well, that's and that's know? always there. You hear that, you know, uh, I know when Sue you Brinkman— the Ouija board, Sue Brinkman right? is on Johnette's program, and they talk about even yoga, mm-hmm. how it opens up. It could open up portals to that uh, right. to that demonic activity. Right. And people don't. I don't. I think that it's the devil would love us to think it's a little game, and he's harmless, a little sure. re, in a red suit with horns and a tail. And people will go oh, like tonight or tomorrow night. Somebody gets invited to a séance. Just oh, it's Halloween. Let's mm-hmm. have a little fun. But you know, you you it's not just fun and games. No, not all. But. And that's why I have a big problem with Halloween. Although, like today, we had our. Well, they were little beauty. They were and dressed the beast up like Beauty and, and the Beast, so that well, was who's harmless. Who's that guy with the the light? Lumiere. Lumiere, yeah. Joseph, our son was Lumiere. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. And Tori, our daughter-in-law, was Mrs. Potts. Oh, Mrs. Potts, that's right. And then little Chip, the baby was Chip. Chip, our little baby, our little Teddy was Chip, and then uh, Jack was uh, the clock. The clock, and I forget his name. It's been ages since I've mm. seen that. Little so that's harmless. And we gave him little treats. Yeah, and little that's, Disney characters. You know, you keep it that way. But it's when it gets right. into the it, it, when it borders on the the, the the occult, and it's people are doing like all the decorations. Even in our neighborhood, you oh, mentioned last ghoulish. week. I, said, I mean, skeletons and and mm. hands coming out of the grave, and, and that's just why you know. Right. Right. Yeah. Now you, I don't know if I should say who it is. Someone very close to us. Uh, was in college, and one of the roommates was a proclaimed, I guess, a witch. witch, right? She practiced Wiccan and dabbled in the occult, and this young lady had rosaries. And our daughter, Angela. Okay, I don't know if we wanted yeah. to say who and it she was. she was throwing holy water around when she the witch threw... wasn't there, and the witch finally went away. <laughs> <laughs> she left well before Christmas. She left school. Yeah. But she had rosaries under her pillow. And, and she was when the, when the witch wasn't there, she was throwing holy water on her bed. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. witch just eventually just, just, just went away. She just left. Melted. I'm yeah. melting! <laughs> it was horrible. Yes, yeah, so that, that was a wicked room. She was, Oof. her roommates, crazy roommates. Mm. You know, she came from poor Angela, from our home, number one, and then from an all-girls Catholic school into that environment. Right. All grade school, Catholic school, the whole mm-hmm. all-girls, and uh, just lived in a bubble that at Nazareth. You know, there were nuns coming out of every corner and every, every classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, there was full of the Culture sisters. shock. And then to go down to Paganville. But that's the danger today, you know, in today's yes, world. There's just yes. a lot of this out there, and people don't, you know, they, they, as Father said, they dabble in things that really do open the door to. They don't understand. No. I mean, the devil is very real and, and very active and very, very, uh, you know, because, as, but the other side of it, we shouldn't be afraid of him. He's, I remember talking about Father Karapi mm-hmm. saying the devil is like a vicious dog on a short chain, on a short leash. You know, mm. he's he barks and growls, but he can't hurt you unless you get too close. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good so, analogy. Mm-hmm. I think it was. I think he he stole that from St. Augustine. I think, <laughs> but, but it's true. When you think about it, you know, a vicious dog on a short chain. You, you know, you could be ten feet away, and if the chain doesn't get that far, and you don't get too close, the dog mm-hmm. can't hurt you. But if you get too close, then you're in watch danger. out. Yeah, like that big uh, Saint Bernard that bit my hand when I was three years old. Oh, no wonder you don't like dogs. Whew. I have a I have a fear of dogs. Yes, I don't have well, a lot of fears. Well, that would do it. But that, if I hear a dog bark, I I tense up. Oh, so another secret. Okay, well, we got to go. It's another uh, Friday gone by. Enjoy. The last Friday in October. Turn your clocks back tomorrow. Fall back, gain an hour. 
I'm going to turn mine back all the way to when I was 20 years old. Yeah, try that. Yeah. You might sleep 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine uh, such a thing? I can't. All right. Uh, well, have a beautiful weekend. Uh, Bruce is here on Monday, All Souls Day, for Come to the Throne, so we'll have an hour of prayer Send leading up to Election candy. Day. Okay. Twizzlers. I love Twizzlers. <laughs> God bless you. Have a great weekend. Bye.